Alongside Seth Goldberg, I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Thursday edition of Orange Nation. We are brought to you in part by Duntire. 315-437-7644 is the number if you'd like to get involved. We have a jam-packed show for you today. Three guests lined up over the course of the next two hours. Coming up in about 15 minutes from now, Jesse Newell. He's the Kansas basketball beat writer for the Kansas City Star. We'll have him on to preview Syracuse and Kansas Saturday down in Miami. Then at 1245, our good friend Steve Andrus from 4for4.com will be on to talk some fantasy football. For many of you, it is your final week of the fantasy football regular season, so coming down to the wire, we'll get his thoughts on week 13 and beyond. And then at the top of hour number two, Dan Duggan. He covers the Giants for the Newark Star-Ledger and NJ.com. We'll get his thoughts on this whole Eli Manning situation and what's next for the future Hall of Fame quarterback. And again, your phone calls welcome at any time, 315-437-7644. Got to start with some college basketball today, Seth. And uh, you and I both big college basketball fans. I just I could I, literally watch any night. I'll me, find me a random well. game. I, I like to. Go, I, I just I love watching college basketball more so than NBA. And you know this about me. Don't love the NBA. Although there was a great NBA game on last night when I got home uh, after working the late news at News Channel Nine. That Warriors Lakers game uh, went into overtime. Fun to watch. Steph was great. No T. Lonzo Ball played well. Um, I did catch was a that little on bit of like that. TV. Was yeah. that, could I have been watching that? Yeah, NBA could, TV. Yeah, you could have watched the the end of it. Um, so I caught some of that game. But last night, great night for college basketball. These last three nights with the ACC Big Ten Challenge, it wraps up tonight with maybe the best matchup of all of them, uh, Michigan State, Notre Dame, a couple of top five teams going at it in East Lansing. How about the ACC so far? 11-2 and two in this ACC Big Ten Challenge. The only two teams to lose, Louisville on the road at Purdue, and then Boston College uh, lost last night to Nebraska on the road at Nebraska. Other than that, the ACC has been fantastic. Yeah, the the ACC has shown uh, that it is the best conference in the country, right? Like it's 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 shown time and again, you know, over the last couple of years, the ACC is the best conference in the country. You're seeing that now with. Uh, really just dominating fashion, right? I mean, North Carolina just blowing out Michigan last night. Just manhandled Michigan. Uh, You know, I turned that game on at, at, you know what, it started at 7.30. I turned that game on at like 8 o'clock. It was already a 15-point game. Uh, You know, it's just incredible to see what the ACC is doing. Uh, You know, Syracuse just squeaks by Maryland, but Duke plays a back-and-forth game in Assembly Hall and then pulls away and and just destroys, you know, that Indiana team at the end, really. Uh, They they just broke them down. Um, And and you know what? That's going to be a a challenge with Bagley and Wendell Carter. Bagley's so good. And and Carter would be getting a lot more publicity if not for... The top overall high school recruit and, you know, probably the top pick in the draft being on the other block. I asked you this before the show started, and I said, is there any doubt that that Marvin Bagley is going to be the number one pick in the draft? I, I think the consensus is, I think you and I agree on this, I can't foresee a situation, barring injury, of course. The Mavericks are going to be very happy to have him. 
he's going number one. Yes. He is the best player. Um, I don't know if he's the best player in, in, in college basketball. I mean, that remains to be seen. He's but a he, freak. He is, in terms of NBA yeah. prospects, and I know it's early, uh, but he looks every bit the part of the, the number one pick in the draft. Uh, Duke and Indiana, by the way, tied last night at 75 with just over five minutes to play. Uh, Duke went on uh, a 16-6 run to, uh, to close out the game. How about this stat, Seth? Over the course of the last three games, and Duke has been tested against Texas, against Florida, against Indiana. Final 10 minutes of regulation in, in those three games, Duke has outscored those opponents, Texas, Florida, and Indiana, 72-35 to over the course of the final 10 minutes. It was a 21-9 run against Texas, 26-10 to against Florida, 25-16 over the course of the final 10 minutes. Remember, Indiana was ahead. Duke had to come back. And and pulled ahead and and then pulled away uh, late. They get it done in crunch time. They have so many guys who can make big shots. You mentioned uh, Carter and 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 Bagley. Uh, how about Grayson Allen? He he had maybe, fade away. I was going to say he had maybe the biggest shot of the game. The the step back three uh, to to put him up two. And I mean he is, you know, he's clutch. I mean, so they, I mean, they have so many different ways that they can beat you. And you know, I I said on the show yesterday, Kansas might end up. You know, being the the number one team in the country, you know, before too long here, uh, it, Duke and Kansas look like the two best teams right now. Oh, we'll yeah. get a good look at Michigan State tonight, and this will be a good test for the Spartans. How um, about Notre Dame, though? Yeah. I, I mean, Notre Dame has looked very good. Yes, you know, at the start of this year, and and it's weird because we're in this era of of one and done and go young, go young, go young, um, and, and Notre Dame is doing it with. You know, Matt Farrell and Bonzi Colson, who have been around for, what, seven years by now? Seems like it. I mean, it, it, it's it's odd to see the, uh, the, the, the back and forth there. We talk about Kansas, oh, they're a more experienced team. Yeah, but, like, they still play sophomores, right? Like, the, the, the Notre Dame team right now is getting it done, really, with juniors and seniors. Uh, you know, Duke, sure, they have Grayson Allen, but it's Bagley, and it's Trayvon uh, uh, Duvall and Trent and Carter— um, it's weird to see one school bucking the trend. Notre Dame's going on that uh, that Aaron Kraft plan, uh, where the the best players seem to stay uh, six or seven years. But uh, but you're right; they, they've got veterans. And and as you pointed out on the show, that as popular as as the one and dones are for the best programs in the country, you look at the national champs over the course of the last ten, twelve years. By and large, they are teams that had experience um, when they got to the NCAA tournament. They had those veterans that they could lean on. And so while the trend is certainly, you know, get some of these one-and-done guys. There have only been three since the one-and-done rule that came in that have really won, right? right. It's it's Kentucky with Anthony yes. Davis and that crew, which was just absurd, uh, and, and had the one-and-two picks. And it was uh, Duke with Julia Okafor, Tyus Jones, uh, Grayson Allen, uh, and that freshman class. And, and that's really it. Yeah. Uh, that and, has and you won, look at, that has really won it all. Like you mentioned, Anthony Davis. I mean, I mean, he was he was special, right? I mean, he was he was a special one and done player. Right. So well, it, and oh, by the way, number two on that team was the second overall pick in the draft. Correct. Like, like the, it's not like number two was you know a good freshman that wasn't right. ready. Like he was also ready to go. Right. So I know again. I know that's the the trend that that college basketball is going toward. I mean, it's already there. I mean, everybody wants the one and done guys if they can find them, but. If you've got some veterans, it goes a long way toward getting things done in March. And Notre Dame is, as you mentioned, that roster loaded uh, with veterans. Really good coach. That style of play, they have perfected it. They they know how to... 
They know how to win close games, and they're going to have their hands full tonight uh, on the road at Michigan State. Number three Spartans, number five Irish uh, to close out the ACC Big Ten Challenge. But at worst, the ACC wins this thing 11-3. to Right. And, and I, I think they no doubt have established themselves, and we thought so anyway. We thought this was the best conference in the country. But if there was any doubt about where it is right now, this year, first month of the season, uh, the ACC is is definitely the, the marquee conference in, uh, in the country. Yeah, I find it funny because, you know, it started Monday night. It really started with the Syracuse-Maryland game, right? That, that was the first of the ACC Big Ten Challenge games. And watching that game in the second half at some point, or maybe at halftime, they flash up the graphic. Uh, you know, takes eight to win the to win. The ACC had that after day two. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the ACC had the ACC Big Ten Challenge wrapped up after day two of four. Uh, it, it's just crazy the the do, the pure domination that they've had. Um, and, and on a larger scale, bigger picture here, um, the ACC Big Ten Challenge that Phil Knight tournament out in Portland. Uh, the Maui Invitational having a strong field year in and year out. Atlantis having a strong field year in and year out. This event that created Kansas and Syracuse and anything else that you want to put in there, the preseason NIT, anything else you want to throw out there, uh, the Champions Classic, great for college basketball, right? Like, like not only are we talking college basketball, we're in Syracuse, New York. Of course we would be talking college basketball. But, like, getting good matchups in mid to late November... Uh, that's not something that was happening, what, as as recently as five, six years ago? And now we're getting legitimate high-profile matchups every single year on November 20th? And Syracuse has a high-profile matchup coming up on December 2nd, and we'll talk with Jesse Newell, Kansas basketball beat writer for the Kansas City Star. Uh, he'll join us in, in about 10 minutes uh, from now. SU's opponent after that, Seth, is UConn down right. at Madison Square Garden. I watched some of that game last night. They had Columbia at home, and I figured, eh, this is going to be an easy one. It was not easy. Columbia hits a three with under a minute to go to go up two. Jalen Adams responds at the other end with a floater to tie it. Columbia got a really good look in the final seconds to win it uh, at the end of regulation. And, and I'm sure if Salmoni was watching the game last night, my old co-host, he was rolling his eyes along with me. I hate the, you know, run it down to like five seconds and jack up a three. That's what Columbia did. But it was actually a good look at a three. It almost went in. It didn't go. And then UConn gets the rebound. Game goes into overtime and, and UConn survives. And again, Columbia had a chance to win it in the end of overtime as well. Down two, had the ball and ended up turning it over. Uh, I guess my point is UConn did not look good last no, night. No, it, I wasn't watching that game, but I, I was following along on Twitter, and Jeff Goodman was tweeting about it a lot, and he was like, guys, UConn's down, and it, yeah, like down big. They were, and, and at one point I was like, UConn, you know, cut it to four. And I'm like, what do you mean cut? Like, yeah. how, how far down were they? And then at the end of the game, at like, 10, at like 9.25 last night, he tweets out, UConn with a huge, in all caps, overtime win against Columbia at home. And yes, I am serious. Like, that kind of gave me the impression of like, oh, that team really is bad. That team really is struggling. Uh, that sh- That is a-, a game that Syracuse should win next Tuesday night. Um, we said that last year, though. And they didn't go win. What an ugly game that was last year. Let's hope we don't see a repeat of that. Was it 52-50? Neither team could make a shot. It was uh, brutal. It was hard to watch. But, yeah, UConn is down and did not look good last night. And, sure, you know, credit the Huskies for coming back and winning that game because it looked like they were dead there for a while. And they were able to, you know, to come back and rise above the adversity and win. Uh, but they're not the UConn of old. Not even no, close. No, no, not at all. And, and 
Uh, I, I know that we've talked about it, and I, I don't need to open this Pandora's box, but when, when talking about the move to the ACC, yeah. and you're like, oh, Syracuse could be UConn, and like stuck in the AAC, like, that's kind of what we mean when we say yeah. that. Like, their football program is non-existent, because it always has been, right? And And their basketball program has gone from being, you know, top-of-the-line championship contender, and sure, they won the championship out of the AAC in year one, but ever since, and ever since Louisville left the conference, that conference has not had much to show for it basketball-wise, and certainly not UConn. And you know I said it back then when UConn won the national title. I remember saying, like, check back with me in three, four, five years. I said, this program is going to fall off. It is. It has to happen. Right. If you're not in one of the Power Five conferences in present-day college athletics, you're in trouble in, in football or basketball, and, and sure enough, UConn has fallen off. I will say this. Uh, Jay Billis, you probably saw this on Twitter last night. Uh, Jay Billis, he's uh, adjusting his expectations with the Orange. He declared Syracuse an NCAA tournament team. I know okay. they got a lot of fans around here excited. So, okay. Uh, at least Jay Billis is yeah. buying into what the, the Orange have this year. Uh, two last thoughts here. Uh, I, I As we bring up the AAC, I think it's hilarious that the same conference that used to be the Big East and is now in a bad position because of football versus basketball-only members, has added Wichita State as a basketball-only member. I find that hilarious. Um, and two, we were talking about great preseason matchups. What's the other game at the Garden on Tuesday night? Villanova-Gonzaga. Gonzaga. Yep. You know, like, it's it's just we, we keep seeing these marquee matchups thrown on the schedule early. 315-437-7644. We do need to take a timeout when we return. Jesse Newell, Kansas basketball beat writer for the Kansas City Star, will join us as we preview the Orange and the Jayhawks Saturday down in Miami. Keep it here. Orange Nation just getting started on ESPN Radio. The home of the Giants. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, 1200 a.m. and 1440 a.m. Our take on the day's top stories. It's today's business on Orange Nation. Today's business brought to you every day by Grossman St. Amour CPAs as we bring in our producer, Max Burgandy. A lot to get to today, Max, so let's uh, let's do that. Let's get right to it. Yeah, let's get to the uh, the Jimbo Fisher rumors that uh, he is a fish or reports that he is going to make an announcement soon um, to go to Texas A&M and replace Kevin Sumlin. Uh, he is the one of the six highest paid coaches right now at Florida State. A&M is prepared to make him one of the top three highest paid coaches, offering him more than $7 million a year. Uh, three commits have already decommitted from FSU on Wednesday. Florida State wants him to make a decision sooner rather than later to try and salvage the recruiting class for next year. Uh, Fisher wanted to wait until after the finale against Louisiana Monroe coming up this weekend. So this is kind of interesting. What do you think is going on here? Well, from from what I understand and everything that I've read the last few days and, and few weeks, it sounds like Jimbo has been upset with the financial commitment from Florida State for a while now, that he's gone to the administration year after year for the last several years asking for better facilities and for upgrades and you know increased uh, salaries for his assistant coaches and so on and so forth and says listen if we're going to compete with you know the Alabamas and Clemsons of the world to to win national titles these are the things that we need and you know he specifically points to Clemson and say look at look at all the upgrades they've made we need to do that that here and it's been a couple years in a row three four years in a row now where it hasn't happened and I think he's getting frustrated and you know this opportunity comes along where Texas A&M offers him more money and 
some some more job stability. Not that his job is necessarily in trouble at, in Tallahassee after one bad year, but if you string together two or three, you never know. Um, it's an opportunity to go where he's wanted and feels like he gets the, the commitment that, that he's been asking for, and it's it's everything that he's that he's been asking for. Florida State didn't give it to him. Texas A&M will, and and so it sounds like he's jumping ship. And yeah, it's not I, like uh, sorry, Seth, but yeah. it's not like he hasn't had success. He won the national title in 2013. You know what I mean? And this is his first bad year, probably. Yeah, I don't ever. think it was, I don't think it was a job security no, thing. I, I think either. it's I think it's Just, a commitment yeah. thing. And he says, if you want me to to do what I do, and you want us to win national titles, you need to give me what I'm asking. And three years in a row now, they have they not haven't. given him what he's asked for, and I think he's frustrated. Yeah, look, uh, each of the each year he's been the head coach there, right? He's been the head coach there since 2010. Uh, they've had at least nine wins every year except this year. I mean, what more, what more can you ask for? And and they would have been a lot better this year had DeAndre Francois not gotten hurt in Game One. You know, so so what more can you really ask for? You know, they're consistently going to the ACC title game. They're consistently going to New Year's Six or BCS bowls, Orange Bowl, BCS championship game, which they won, a Rose Bowl, a Peach Bowl, an Orange Bowl, uh, are the last five years. You know. You can't ask for too much more, you know, so it wasn't a job security thing. And I think to your point, you know, at some point, you know, seven years is a while to be somewhere. And if you're not getting what you want and you're getting, um, I don't want to say taken for granted or taken advantage of, but, you know, if you're take, being taken for granted, like, hey, we're going to roll out the ball and we're going to get 10 wins. Like, that, that takes a toll on you at some point, doesn't it? I mean, hey, I, I want to get better. I want to keep going. I want to get back to thir- uh, 2013, you know, when we won 14, when we went 14 0 and won the championship. And if your school's not going to help you, you know, at some point you got to move on. I don't know that AM is the right job to move on to. You're going into the SEC West against Alabama every year. But hey, we'll go for it. Have fun. We should point out, uh, Brett McMurphy just tweeted this out, that Jimbo Fisher addressed everything on SiriusXM. And, and if you saw last night at his weekly radio show, a fan was removed. A fan grabbed the microphone, asked a question. Fantastic question, didn't, by the way. Didn't grab the microphone. I mean, he had a question. He was given right. the microphone. And he, you know, he basically said, where's the loyalty? Why are you even considering this Texas A&M job? And he was, he was remo- physically removed uh, from the radio show. And Jimbo didn't give an answer. And so, again, this was moments ago, apparently. Apparently on Sirius XM Radio, according to Brett McMurphy, quote, this is from Jimbo Fisher. The man asked a question. He deserved an answer. I'm sorry we did that. I am loyal. We're busting our tails 16 hours a day. No decision has been made. We're busting our tails to make a bowl game. So, again, he kind of has to say that. The season is still going on, which is a whole nother topic with this whole thing. Right. Florida State is rescheduling a game against an FCS opponent just so they can make a bowl game. Right. Keep a 35-year streak going. And it, How it's do we kind feel of silly. about this? No, it's ridiculous. It's kind of silly. It's, it's it, ridiculous. It's not kind of silly. I mean, it is it is silly. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like they have their tail between their legs and they're just trying to salvage something. If, I guarantee you if they lost one of these last games if that they Syracuse won, they would just... Them, they yeah, they wouldn't have, they oh, wouldn't if be they doing were eliminated, this. yes, this wouldn't even be a thing. But the fact that they're 5-6 and six and they need... To beat an FCS opponent to get to six and six and then rake in some more money, and I realize it's fifteen practices and it's more money and it's exposure. But I it's get silly. all that. It's yeah. just you're Florida State, though. I mean, at some point, and your coach is about to leave. If you're Syracuse, just call it a day. It was yeah. a disaster of a season. It just was. move on to twenty eighteen. If you're Syracuse, you do it in a heartbeat. If you're Florida oh, State, you're above that. That's my right? point. Is that you are Florida State? Like, yeah. do you? That's what it's come to. You're gonna play right. an F. You're gonna reschedule a game against an FCS opponent so that you can just so you can make it to a bowl game. Um, Jimbo Fisher leaving. Good for Syracuse, right? Uh, yeah, in theory, has to be. 
in theory. You know I mean, who it's their Florida replacement? State. It's, I mean, I, I know what you're saying, Seth. He's a really good coach. I mean, they my could guess go, is they're going to get a really good coach. Right, and they're still going to get really say. good players. They could this go is, replace him with Willie Taggart, that's and it's exactly, all lost, no, and that's it doesn't exactly matter. who they were considering was, right. to, for his replacement was Oregon, Willie Taggart. So, And we saw what Willie Taggart did to Syracuse the last two times they played And him. Oregon's been proactive. They've offered him an extension. You know, the dominoes will, will continue to fall, but it's Florida State. I mean, you right. are going to get a top what, five to ten coach in the country? You know, we say that, and at the end of the Bobby Bowden era, what were they? You know, they were six, seven wins every year, weren't they? So, okay. You know, like, like there's a drop-off. has the potential to help Syracuse. My gut gut says it's such a good job, and they, I mean, they are so loaded with with talent. My guess is it's not really going to be a step back for that program. I don't think Uh, it's not like Syracuse is going to start going and recruiting kids from Florida that are going to say, oh, they lost Jimbo Fisher. Let me go up and play in the Northeast for Dino Babers, and they're not going to skip out on Florida State, and then they're not going to skip out on Miami after the year they had this year. They might not even skip out on Florida still to come up and play for Syracuse. So as far as recruiting goes, I don't think the whole coaching change is going to really affect that they're gonna too get, much. They're, they're going to get, get their They're going to get a marquee coach and, Lane and Kiffin? they're, they're going to be fine. I, who knows? I mean, they're going to get they're going to get a marquee coach. Lane Kiffin won't have to go far. He's already in Florida. He is? Yeah. Um Lane, Lane Kiffin, one of the best Twitter follows out there. Yeah, he's been on fire lately. And I hope someone else can catch fire and that would be Tiger Woods cuz he's still one under right now. As we switch that, you know what, to the Tiger Woods conversation. Let me just before you get started, Steve. I want you to. I don't know if you're fully aware of these stats. Tiger's last official round, three years, six months, thirteen days ago. Last time since Tiger was number one in the world, four years, three months, twenty six days ago. Time since his last tournament win, nine years, five months, ten days ago, and his last major win even longer than that. I mean, is it time to get excited? Or I mean, uh, you know, do you say his last official round was over three years ago? What, well, this what did is you not mean by a, that? This is not a PGA. This is, this event. is not a PGA oh, event. I, I see. It's a pro am. Okay. I see. Okay. You know what? Get excited when he finishes four rounds and he's still healthy, and when he comes back in January and is playing in some beautiful, warm place like Southern California or Hawaii or wherever they play those early season or or, or down in Orlando or those early season kind of events in January, February. Get excited then, and and when you see him play four rounds, multiple weeks, you know, couple times, you know, then, then get excited for him to be back. But he not look, yet. I mean, he looks for good. Me. His stats right now. He hit 50% of his fairways so far. Uh, greens and regulation, he's at 85% so far. And he's he's not got no bogeys. He's one under. I'm shaking my head no. Um, I've come full circle on this. because when You used his, to get so excited I did. It. When his life blew up, and then he got hurt, and he was you know trying to battle back, I, I wanted to see him out there. I loved Tiger Woods. When, when Tiger Woods was Tiger Woods, I loved watching him play. And I thought... Eventually, he'll get it back. He will win. You know, when his life blew up, I thought he would still win some majors. I thought 18 was a possibility. I thought he could get there. I have come full circle now to the point where I don't even care that he's playing today. And I can't believe that because, you know, there was a time where golf needed him out there. Golf doesn't really need they, him out there not anymore. At all. No, not at all. Not at all. But it, don't you want to, to see? Where, I don't think they need him. But don't you want to see him go against Spieth and Rory and Dustin Johnson? Only if he's good. Only and if he I can don't compete. think he's going to be good. That's yeah, fair. Only if he can I don't think he's going to be good. I, when you say he's back and he's one under, he's hit fifty percent of his fairways. My my response to you is an eye roll. We we've seen this before, and he he can't stay healthy, and he's his his body is broken, and it's sad because I again when he was Tiger Woods, there was nothing like it. 
you know, for for us golf fans, I know you're a golf the fan, most Max, dominant and, and I, athlete I as well. of all time, arguably. And it his was it was sport. amazing watching him do his thing, and he's a he's a shell of himself now, and he can't stay healthy, and his body keeps breaking down, and so. You know we're gonna we're gonna watch him play this week, and he's gonna do the post round interviews and say, you know, oh, I'm working my way back, and I'm feeling good, and I've changed my swing, and I'm healthy now. And how many times have we heard it over the course of the last several years? So, I you know I don't wish any ill will on the guy. Like I I hope for his sake he's able to come back and be competitive. I just I'm I'm done totally buying in and getting excited and saying, oh, you know, are we gonna see Tiger come? Tiger Tiger's never coming back. I, the Tiger Woods that we remember, no, he's never coming back. But I tend to disagree with you a little bit. I think he's. This is the most encouraging I've most encouraged I've been. Why? Since, because he's he's taken the time. He's taken almost a full year. The other times he's trying to rush back, get back into it. Now this year he comes back. Plays with Donald Trump and Dustin Johnson the other day, and he's out driving DJ who hits the ball 340 on average. I hope I'm wrong. I, I hope, I you hope are he too. can be competitive. I just I've I've been fooled too many times. Yeah, that this you know so this was the comeback. Has. He's healthy now. Like he's changed his swing. He switched coaches. Like he's tried everything. The poor guy, his body is broken down. What can he shoot this weekend to? To fully, I don't know because I know this course is is known for giving up low scores. I don't know. Will it be false hope if he, you know, if he finishes eight under par for the tournament? I don't know. Doesn't matter. It might. It let me see him do this matter, week right? in and yeah. week out. Let That's me what see I'm him, Let me see him make the cut at a major, and and we're not going to see that for till you know, April. S- six more months right. or five yeah. more months, whatever it is, until the Masters rolls around. So, and you might not see it, right? Because he might this not time, even play. Who and knows? this time last year, he played four rounds in this tournament, and you're like, oh, great, he might be healthy, and then he wasn't. I'm usually not this pessimistic. I but know it. I've, I was I've not expecting fu- this. I've come full circle on the Tiger thing. I just, I used to look forward to him coming back and let's see what he's got. And now I just, he's done. Also, part of it is how exciting all the young players are in golf now. It's like, even, golf like you said, even if you said, even, like you said, even if he comes back, and he's that's not a compliment be... to Tiger because Tiger, I don't want to say single handedly, you know. Took the game to the next level. No, he but did. He, he kind of did. You know, he, he literally did. did. He kind of did. And so the fact that now the game no longer really quote unquote needs him, that is in a way a compliment to him and what he meant for so long. But the, the game is very healthy right now. To Absolutely, your point about yeah. saying that he brought the game to the next level, and I know this is only one instance and you can look at purses for the tournaments also, but uh, before Tiger Woods, there was no Nike golf division. No, not at all. Uh, there was nothing. And then they made it because they wanted Tiger. And then they disbanded it, what, last year? Yep. Like, like even just in that very basic way, like Nike got into and out of the golf game and it's not because like, of Tiger. It's not like they didn't sign a decent golfer in Rory McIlroy. Right. He's like the second best golfer in the world, but he can't the carry the way. brand the same way Tiger did. Yeah. And it's unfortunate, but... Like you said, Steve, golf's in a very good place right now. That's today's business brought to you by Grossman St. Amore CPAs. Located in downtown Syracuse, Grossman St. Amore CPAs provides businesses and individuals with tax planning and tax preparation services and strategies to help minimize your tax liabilities. Learn more about how Grossman St. Amore CPAs can optimize financial opportunities for your business online at gsacpas.com. One final timeout. We wrap up the show right after this.